The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out cybionicscgm.com. How's it going? It's Owen here, and this is a bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast, Redefining Diabetes. Every week, we'll dip back into the episode archive and get you to think and reflect once more about some of the things we've learned from the podcast over the last few years. It could be some diabetic wisdom, advice, a great guest, or even a hypo story. So enjoy this bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast. I'm a big believer in not letting diabetes ever stop you from anything you want to do. If you want to travel the world, go do it. If you want to run your own business, do it. If you want, like, whatever you want to do, do it. Don't ever let diabetes stop you from doing it. And I've always had that mindset since I got the condition because I don't, didn't want to necessarily let it stop me from doing anything that I wanted it to do. But it's important that you don't let it stop you doing things that you want to do. But it's also important that you always treat it with respect, you know? So when I think back of that trip we had to Malta, yeah, it was amazing. And it was like, a lot of drinking, a lot of nights out, a lot of dancing or whatever you'd be doing on those trips. And it's like as much fun as we had, diabetes was always kind of there sitting on my shoulder. And I was always, I always had to be clued in to how my blood sugar is. That's the unfortunate reality of it. You know, you can be in Malta at a festival for five days, which is amazing. But... You don't get a five-day holiday from diabetes. You still have it when you're in Malta. And you may not necessarily want to have it when you're at a five-day festival, but you do. And if you don't treat it with its deserved severity, it's not going to treat you well either. You know, it's diabetes is almost like a symbiotic relationship where I'll treat you well, you treat me well, and then we'll both benefit to an extent. So... Yeah, I would have had hypoanxiety a lot over there, but it was important that I kind of anticipated what I was doing for the day so I could avoid the likelihood of going low. And would you ever be concerned about losing control in terms of drinking too much that you maybe lose the run yourself in terms of drinking and then you aren't as on the ball when it comes to checking your blood sugars and stuff like that? Would you the anxiety of oh, if I drink too much tonight, I mightn't be able to look after my diabetes. Would that be on your mind as well? Here, my mother listens to this podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> I only have three drinks and then you I'm know, done. He's very good. He's always telling us to go home early as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Mrs. Gale, by the way, 
Mrs. Gale, sorry. She'd, she'd kill you. But yeah, like again, it's it's like when you're away at a festival, no matter how many drinks you have, it doesn't change the fact that you have diabetes, you know? And it's obviously, I would advise people who are diabetic to just like the adverts, drink responsibly and don't go overboard because it's not worth it. And you're putting yourself at a much higher risk if you do go overboard with drink because the feelings that you have, you become desensitized to and always take responsibility for your own diabetes, even when you're out drinking. Like, I know it's not ideal to kind of take a break and take your insulin or check your blood sugar or eat your glucose tablets. It's not ideal, but that's the reality of it. And just for the record, so if anyone's listening, I have been out with Thorne many times and he's never lost control. So uh, he's very good. I can, I can vouch for that. Man, yeah, I'm... thanks, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I am. I'm, I'm, always, uh, I'm always very responsible with my diabetes and that's, I'll joke about other things, but, and I will joke about my diabetes, but I do always look after it. It's very, very, very important. What is the lowest you've ever gone? Speaking of hypoglycemia. Don't remind me. <laughs> so, but the lowest I've ever been was 1.9 on my reading. So that would have been about 34 US. Now that is minutes away from passing out seizure type of low. Um, so it it's weird. They're, they're almost kind of like traumatizing in their own way. So when I had that low, I woke up in the middle of the night and obviously it was my body's kind of natural alarm it was like, wake up, sort this out before you go too low and you don't wake up. Your body is like kind of giving you that kick. So thankfully I woke up in time and I was like, oh my God, this is horrendous because you can just feel it in your body. It's like, it's just, it's like you can feel it but it's also the whole experience is just like an out of body feeling it's like you don't even exist for that time until your blood sugar comes back up it's really really difficult to explain and to try and emphasize the feelings that you have in your body because it's something that you have never experienced before graham your body is literally shutting down crying out for glucose and check my blood sugar was 1.9 i was like oh shit i need to sort this out so i like shoveled in about 10 glucose tablets i lay on my bed for about five minutes thinking please don't go lower please don't go lower please don't go lower thankfully it kind of started coming back up but i got to that stage where i now had just about enough energy to bring myself downstairs to get more glucose to bring it back up because still my body's like will you fucking will you get me energy here you know i need to i need to survive so i got down to my kitchen and you look for well me personally i will always look for the, the most crunchy and sugary and chocolatey just something that has sugar so i didn't really have too much in the house apart from weedabix right and for, for somebody who doesn't know what Weetabix are, they're kind of like these cereal biscuits. What are they, Graham? Like kind of cereal biscuits? They're dry wheat biscuits that are the driest <laughs> thing you could eat if you don't yeah, add milk. And yeah. even when you add milk, they're still dry. 
There's a good advertisement now for Weedabix. <laughs> Weedabix sponsors the Internet yeah. Podcast, the driest thing you can <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, so, right, I, I opened up the cupboard and <laughs> it was only a box of Weedabix. And I was like, okay, th- this is it. You almost don't even make the decision of what food you eat. <laughs> you just, your body is just inhaling this food. So I remember I ate 15 pieces of Weedabix. And then on top of that, like five slices of bread or something. I don't even know where the food went. You just inhale this food and then you feel like shit after it because you've eaten so much. And I remember anytime I have a low blood sugar during the night, obviously you're you're more out of sorts with how you're thinking and you're less clued in. So I always try and write down what I eat because if you over-treat a hypo or overeat as a result of going low you're obviously going to have your blood sugar spike after that you know so you can go from really 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 low and eating loads of crap to then going way overboard and having your blood sugar spike through the roof so so i remember when i ate those 15 weedabix every one i ate i did a little mark as if it was like you know, you know, you do those scratches, like four scratches down and one across for five. It's like being on a cave or something. <laughs> so I was like, I was writing that on a piece of uh, kitchen paper that I had beside it. And when I kind of came back to life, I looked at the piece of paper and each line represented a piece of Weedabix. And there was like 15 of them. And I was like, <laughs> I was like what? What have I just done? 15 Weedabix. People wouldn't eat that in a week. Uh, but the, the, the weirdest thing about it is when you're eating them, if there were more, I would have just kept eating them. You just keep on eating. Thanks for listening to this bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast. And if you want to listen to the full episode, you can check it out in the description. Chat to you soon.